Welcome to Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. I am Chris Burns, America's number one motivational speaker for fiery inspiration and GPS coach for entrepreneurs and high achievers. Each episode, we interview leaders and great role models who make a massive impact in the world to help you master yourself, take courageous action, and make every day your best day ever. We got Caitlin and Michael about to come on talking about sex every day. Can I get an amen? Yes, I can. <laughs> thank you so much for being here. We're going to dive into some quick announcements first, and then we'll bring them on. So I just want to say thank you for being here. Thank you for choosing to be your greatest possible shelf, self. Self. Not, a, not on the shelf. It's not shelf help. This is actualized things that you do, you take action on, especially in the bedroom. <laughs> so we're going to have a lot of fun in this interview coming up. Before that, though, I also want to say thank you to our iTunes review of the week. And this week, I believe it's by Clarice who says, awesome podcast. Chris, the host of Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self podcast, highlights all aspects of business, entrepreneurship, and more in this Can't Miss podcast. The host and expert guests offer insightful advice and information that is helpful to anyone that listens. Clarice, thank you so much for that review. And if you want a chance to get shouted out on a future 12-hour live stream, go to beergps.com forward slash iTunes or search Greatest Possible Self on the Apple Podcast Store. Give us a review. Let us know what you love, what you want to see more of, and how we can improve the show for you. Thank you so much in advance for doing that. I'm going to introduce Caitlin and Michael in just a sec. Before that, grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, be ready to take notes, because I have a feeling there's going to be some juicy gold nuggets in here that could literally transform the rest of your life, the rest of your relationship, or relationships, depending on how many you are in for the rest of your life, and uh, just have a lot of fun and change your relationship with yourself, too. So stick around. One idea has the power to change everything for you. Let's introduce them. Caitlin and Michael Domner met in high school, but they went their own ways after graduation. They reconnected and got married in 2008 with Michael's six-year-old son as a groomsman. They have been happily married for over 10 years and have continued to have sex every day. Despite having three more babies and building several successful businesses together, a.k.a. there's no excuses. You can do, you can be, do, and have whatever you want, okay? In their new book, Sex Every Day, Caitlin and Michael share the three-step process that they use to prioritize sex in their marriage. You can also check it out at sexeverydaybook.com. And before you go there, we are just going to dive into an epic interview. Caitlin and Michael, are you, are you two ready to bring the heat? Yes, we we are live and become your greatest possible self. You too. Thank you so much for being here and being be here. your best, and uh, you know having sex every day. I mean, hallelujah. <laughs> I have a feeling that somebody's got to do it, right? Yes, I have a feeling this this conversation is going to be fun. We're just going to go there. <laughs> Just to explain, this will probably be an R-rated episode. Just make sure you're listening with headphones if you have little ones. Right. <laughs> That's why I have parental advisory on greatest right. possible self, just just in case. 
So let's dive right in, you two. Um, we'll, we'll t- Caitlin, you were on like a, a, a little bit ago. You brought the heat. Like you, you talked about sales and um, putting in some awesome systems and teams to grow sales. And I know Michael, you're you're working with her on that as well. And you two have this other company as well, helping couples to really supercharge and amp up and make their sex life even more juicy. So we'll start with Michael. We'll start hearing from you, man, and just hear a little bit more about the your feedback or your perspective on what keeping the fire lit. What does that mean for you, bro? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the the, the biggest thing is uh, after you know everybody talks about like the honeymoon period where mm-hmm. you know you're, you're married or you're together for in, in the beginning and, and everything's hot and heavy and uh, you're you're intimate as frequently as you can be and uh, and then six and times then a day. Right. That's our next book. Sex twice every day. But yes. We'll get to that later. But no, so, so I think there's there's this uh, there's this kind of perception that after that wears off, you know, you get into you get into a routine, you get into a, a stuck in a rut, right? Uh, about uh, relationship wise, and, and that can be uh, in your sex life, that can be in your your, your everyday relationship. Yeah. Um, and so it, it's really important to just prioritize yourselves. Uh, Caitlin and I have been uh, very um, uh, intentional about making sure that we spend time together uh, having sex, obviously, uh, but also not. Other stuff. <laughs> right, and other stuff. <laughs> because I mean, with, with four kids and uh, multiple businesses that we run uh, from home, right, wow. we're together pretty much a lot. <laughs> Yeah, we always say the solution for us spending too much time together is to spend more time together. Right, yes. right. When, when we, when we yeah. start getting to each other's throats, we have to go on a date. Yeah. <laughs> Get away answer. from it all. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's, I love I love that because I think it's so so counterintuitive. It's like when we're getting irritated because we think we're around too much or talking too much or we have these differing perspectives on X, Y, or Z, whatever it might be. It's like, okay, well, then it's to remember who we really are and to fall in love with each other again and have yeah. that, that magic come back. And that usually mm-hmm. comes from distancing ourselves from the normal day-to-day routine and going and experiencing each other again, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, and we're, we're we definitely are big believers in, in going out and having adventures and doing things outdoors and, yeah. and really just trying to change it up, right? I mean, if, if you if you find yourself uh, uh, kind of stuck in a in a in a mental place that doesn't feel good, yeah. uh, changing your physiology, changing your surroundings, getting out yeah. in the sunshine, uh, you know, these are all great things to to help remedy that. Yeah, last Friday we went indoor rock climbing for the yep. first time. Tonight Ooh. we're going swing dancing. Wow. Um, we usually are traveling about once a quarter without the kids. So yeah. we really enjoy having time by ourselves in different locations and different experiences to just, you see your partner in a different light as well as yourself in a different yeah. light. Yeah, yeah. Gold. Gold. And Caitlin, did you want to add anything to keeping the fire lit? Has anything else come up for you around that? Or is it like... Hardcore ditto on what Michael said. <laughs> well, the way we talk about it in the book is is we talk about meat and potato sex. Like yeah. there are other books if you want like wild, erotic, tantric, hours and sure. hours of love fest. We're more like meat and potatoes. Like we're just about keeping the pilot light lit so that at any point you can turn up the heat. Um, but I think a lot of like parents and busy professionals, um, it's kind of like an all or nothing thing. And we want to mm. remind you guys like, hey, let's just, Let's just keep keep it on a low simmer yeah. uh, so yeah. that you don't have to strike a match every single time you want to get the fire lit. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like that's that's kind of the 
the reason behind our, our rules, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit later. But it, it's it's not that every single time that we that we have sex is is has to be spectacular, sure. over the top, right? Sure. And, and it's not. I, mean, I think you're setting yourself up for sale for failure. Hello. Like, <laughs> Caitlin's like, what? what? <laughs> Do you see me? Do you see me? <laughs> it is amazing. I'm not gonna lie, but. <laughs> <laughs> but, but setting that expectation that you're keeping the pilot light flipped to yeah. use her terminology. <laughs> this is great. I love it. I love uh, you, you two are so much fun, and uh, I love the analogy as well. Keeping the that light lit because it's it's. Um, I like to think of every 24 hours, our our decisions, what we do, our behaviors that shows what we value, right? And so every 24 hours, on on average, like if we're not putting that intimacy in there, that real deep connection. And it doesn't have to be, you know, hours and hours of, of sex, but just like saying, hey, this is important. This is an important part of our relationship, intimacy, feeling each other, physic, getting physical, um, whatever that the context of that sex is, then I think it's, it's important. It really shows that we care about each other and we're committed to this relationship. Yeah. And I think I think you just point out a great point there is that every single day the things that you're doing show what what you value. Yeah. And and our book is sex every day, right? But it's not it's not necessarily sex every day, right? It's, <laughs> it's about intimacy. It's about bringing intimacy into your relationship. And, right. and so looking at uh, you know the 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 pieces uh, I mentioned kind of our, our three rules earlier and, and we have a menu and and not everything is sex related. It can be well, uh, I just, uh, the way I think about it is that it's all sex. Like, it's just yeah. broadening what we define as sex, so it's not Ooh. just intercourse. Ooh. So, in the menu, we talk about appetizers, side dishes, entrees, which is what everybody thinks of, mm -hmm. and then desserts. But the whole thing is available. It can and, be texting throughout the day. Yeah. Wow. Telling them how much you love them. And that's yeah. that's still within that same uh, within, within, within that same framework. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So, usually when people have resistance uh of the, of the idea of sex every day it's usually because they're thinking of like traditional missionary positions and that's mm -hmm. not how they experience pleasure no. and so the, the kind of i don't know subtitle of our book is prioritizing pleasure mm -hmm. and that's really what the key is it's it's making sure that you feel worthy mm -hmm. of experiencing pleasure and providing pleasure for your partner in a way that's just this is your daily routine, your habit. It's like going to the gym and working out. It's like eating healthy food. It's why wouldn't you make pleasure a priority in your day-to-day -day lifestyle? And there's a lot of great physical uh, reasons to have sex every day. I mean, it's just good for you all the way around. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing better for a cortisol uh, day, filled day, than uh, dopamine-filled night. Right? Yes. Yes. I love it. It's, it's like really literally our biology, our, our chemistry in our body, which I think so many of us underestimate, hey, what is actually going on in my chemistry right now? Like, am I getting proper sleep? Is my brain functioning at the level it's supposed to be? Is my body worn out, tired, exhausted, you know, exposing myself to illness and, you know, even more like detrimental health effects and simply just reprioritizing that pleasure will get us retuned into what makes us feel good? Are we, are we taking time not only to reconnect with our partner, but also ourselves, right? Because in, in that sex every day, it's like, what makes me feel good? And how do I share that with my partner and also prioritize, hey, what can I do today that would make her or him feel good and, and have, have their, their, their day just be a little bit more special? And if we, if we introduce that, I feel like there's so much magic there. There's so much that opens up when we do something like that consistently.
Yeah. And I feel like that's that's one of the keys too is is really opening it up to how can I make my partner feel pleasure today yes. and how can I make them feel loved today and intimacy yeah. connected? Because uh, when you look at it internally and, and, and you're seeking pleasure, like there, there's a value in that as well. Yeah. Uh, but but also looking at your partner and really making sure that you're connecting uh, with them and their needs and, and giving them what they desire as well. Yeah. One of the questions we encourage people to ask is, is not, would you like sex tonight, right? It's a yes or no. Because that's a charged question. That's yeah. a very charged <laughs> question. If, if it's a no, like it's, it's a hard no, it's like, whoa, yeah. like that throws you out of the board. <laughs> right, right. So, so what we say instead is ask your partner, what would you like from the menu tonight or mm. today, whatever it is. And so it just opens it up. It's, it's not a yes or no answer. It's a, well, I may not be in the mood for this right. but i am definitely in the mood for a massage or i'm definitely mm. in the mood for words of affirmation like i'm one of our appetizers and i'm definitely a words of affirmation girl so mm. uh even if i'm not in the mood you feed me enough appetizers i'm gonna get hungry so it's <laughs> one of those where if you uh if you just even if you don't feel like you're in the mood it's a really safe question even if you guys haven't had sex for weeks or months mm. or we've had people who haven't had orgasms in years yeah. right you can it's a very safe gentle way to start this conversation and this dialogue between yeah. you guys which is uh, well what would you like from the menu so coming from a place of service mm. and making it a whole buffet that people can choose from is really sure. important sure yeah. and then i'm i'm sure that there's some level of um dialogue back and forth kind of like maybe negotiation of hey what would you like from the menu yeah. and someone says all the like i want it all you know I want the main <laughs> course bring it the full, full three course app, uh, meal it's like Okay. <laughs> and there are times when the chef like eighty sixes certain options. They're like, sorry, the kitchen's all out. Like, and it may be, it may be, uh, you know, if, if that, you know, if you're feeling like you're you're not hundred percent connected or you don't know where your partner is, it may be what's on the menu can be yeah. can be kind of a, a reply to the question. Wow. And and just to kind of keep that give and take uh, aspect of it, so so it's not uh, it's not one sided. Yeah. So great. So great. Well. Caitlin, we've heard from you a little bit about your, your your background, right, in that last episode that we did. Michael, I want to focus a little bit more on, on you and your journey, what got you to where we are today, and then specifically we can come together and, and share what had you guys start this company and this in this movement, in this book. It's it's awesome. Uh, but Michael, share a little bit more about your background, brother. Sure. Um... Well, I've, uh, as uh, you said earlier, kind of Caitlin and I met in high school. I think I was 16 and she was 14. Mm-hmm. Seems like so long ago now. Wow. But, <laughs> right. Uh, and uh, uh, what can I say? I'm, I'm a magnetic guy. Uh, she still <laughs> fell in love with me back then. Yeah, that's pretty fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, unfortunately, we were, we were kind of a few hours apart uh, time frame wise when you're 14 and 16. That makes it difficult. And, yep. um, so I did, uh, we kind of went our separate ways. And uh, I got married and had my son, uh, Nathan, and uh, uh, got a divorce a couple years after. Uh, and uh, Caitlin and I were still friends through that, but uh, we haven't really reconnected on a deep uh, level since uh, since since I had graduated, really. Uh, and then, um, yeah, we kind of we kind of got together. Uh, I think she was coming to it uh, with a with a with an interesting intention. I'll I, had, a little bit. I had a dream, so I had broken off a pretty serious relationship. I had this dream that Michael blamed me for his divorce. Wow! And so I woke up going like, "Dang, I need some closure." Right? Yeah. 
So I, I texted his mom, who I was friends with, and I was like, so do you have a number for Michael? And she's like, here, take it. Uh, so she was very eager to get us reconnected. I love her. Um, and so we went on a date, and I was like very explicit, like, no, we are not opening anything new. Like, this is just me get, wrapping up some loose ends here. Wow. Um, and it was really interesting because I now believe that mindset is 98 or if not more of our experience of life is how yeah. we're our perspective. Yeah. And the story I told myself mm. is that I wasn't good enough for him back in mm. high school. And so I had started dating guys who were not in my league, as I would say, um, and just really had some, some residual heart ache and self-worth issues that uh, were surrounding that. And so on our first kind of, get together I was like so what's the story you told yourself about what happened to us back in high school wow. and I'm coming with I'm not good enough and he said you were the only girl I thought was too good for me and it was like dang like so many times in our lives we have a certain set of data and we create a certain interpretation and that creates certain beliefs and those influence how we see data like it just it's a spiral of how our brains process but instead, like this was a 180 degree shift from what I had been thinking and just realizing like, well, crap, if I had had that belief system back in high school, like how much different would my life have been? Yeah. So, so I do, I, it's a kind of a dramatic story of how one experience can be viewed completely set differently and have very different outcomes. Um, and so anyway, he, he was great about wooing me despite my total shutdown. And, um, and then, yeah, so. She, but when I finally convinced her to uh, date me uh, at that point and, and uh, make, it, make it official, she was like, okay, but I'm just letting you know, I don't think it's going to last more than two weeks. Wow. Uh, that was the that was the energy going into it. So I, I knew I had my work cut out for me, but I was confident. So, so I was gonna say, I was gonna say, what what had you drive to say, no, I'm I'm gonna stick with this. Like you're mine. Like you're, you're I want to treat you like the queen that you are. Like what what, what did you see? Yeah, uh, I mean, when, once we got back together and, and we had that initial date, I think at the end of the date, I was like, wow, like you're you're still this incredibly dynamic, beautiful woman that uh, that that. You know, that I knew from a long time ago. I think she saw where I was going when I made that comment, and she like <laughs> shut it down right away. Like, like whoa, like no, no, like this, this, this was a, this was a, you know, this was like a parting of ways conversation for her. <laughs> but, but just that, that, that core um, uh, that I had, I had loved her yeah. previously, and, and when I was 16 years old, and that's not, uh, it's not something that I. Uh, you know, because of the, the choices that I had made since then, it's not something that I had really admitted to myself. But uh, but seeing her and seeing and, and spending time with her, I, I really fell back in love and, and just realizing, like, uh, you know, that that this uh, that kind of the the relationship that's there and that has lasted for ten years, even though we were apart for that long at the time, uh, there there was still definitely uh, interest there on my side. Thanks, I was in that Chris, Chris, Chris. I had never heard that part of the story. I so. saw, I saw you, Caitlin, like really listening intently. I was like, <laughs> I don't know if I've heard this before. <laughs> so the funny part is, after the two weeks that she had given us to be in the relationship before it was going to be over, uh, she was ready to get married with two weeks. Yeah, and eight months later we were. Yeah. So it was, <laughs> it, it was pretty quick. <laughs> I really so... thought we were having a shotgun wedding. I was just like, no, it's just. When you love somebody at 14 and you love them at 24, it's it's likely you're still going to love them when you're 64. So That's like, right. it was just, it was, yeah, very rational, I thought. <laughs>
So I'm, I'm curious, had you two done any uh, like personal development on yourselves to like know what you were looking for, what you wanted, or was that still like pretty, pretty new to you or how was your journey on that? Yeah, I would say that that would, that was pretty new to us at that point. Yeah. Uh, I would say it's been in the last uh, probably five or six years, maybe even for Caitlin started getting into kind of personal development and uh, coaching work a little bit earlier than I did. Yeah. Uh, so kind of fast forward, we got married. Uh, for the first uh, five years of our marriage, I was I was working in a corporate job, yeah. uh, kind of working like forty to fifty five to sixty hours a week, wow. yeah. uh, and uh, um, we realized you know that that, that was uh, it, it had gotten us to a certain point, but it wasn't sustainable. It wasn't something that we wanted to do for the rest mm. of my life. And um, so Caitlin kind of started virtual coaching sales with uh, with a business partner uh, who was working with her on it. Uh, and uh, we kind of worked it to the point where we could replace my income in corporate, and then I was able to uh, to leave corporate, which kind of a crazy story around that as well. <laughs> I ended up uh, like we were like we waited on pulling the trigger because we were like probably a bad. <laughs> You're going to gonna say, see but, why that's a really. Uh, we, we kind of waited to uh, for me to leave corporate because we were like, well, a little bit more money in the savings account would be nice. So we, so we put it off, put it off, put it off, and uh, I, I went back to work after. Um, baby bonding time with uh, with our middle son when he was born yeah. and literally the second day that i was back at work i was robbed at gunpoint in a, in a retail location and uh, like gun to the head walked to the safe like the whole thing and and the whole time like the whole time i was i was like do you i don't know if you curse wtf like what am i doing <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if it's safe or not <laughs> Like what the heck am I doing here? Uh, and, you talking about uh, orgasms, but we don't want to say fuck. Right, right, I can't say fuck. <laughs> uh, so, so at that point, like literally, I think two days later, I gave my two weeks notice and said, wow. "I we're done with this. Yeah. Uh, we, we want to build our lives together and our business together, and mm -hmm. uh, really that that's where we're going to thrive." Um, and I've been in sales management for a long time, and that was the the direction that virtual coaching sales is in. So, uh, so it was just kind of a natural fit, uh, and. Uh, now we've been running that together for, gosh, eight years or yeah. seven years and uh, just, uh, yeah, loving it. Congrats. That's, that's awesome. Um, what was the, the spark or the inspiration, the why behind writing Sex Every Day? So great question. Um, I was chatting with some girlfriends at an event and I was just kind of impassive. And I was like, oh yeah, Michael and I have sex every day. And they were like, you do? And I was like, wait, you don't? Like, <laughs> you guys are married, right? <laughs> like, why would anybody not do this? Like, um, and so just in having a conversation as they're peppering me with questions, I was like, you know, there actually is a system. Like, I'm a pretty systematic kind of yeah. gal. And I was like, you know, I, I could probably write a book about this. And so we had our 10th anniversary in Costa Rica. And in five days, we'd written both sides of the book. There's a her version and a him version. Wow. And so... Uh, we got it written, and then we're like, eh, we could probably get this published by Valentine's Day. This was that like was the December. first week of December. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we came back with the first rough draft, and we were like, Valentine's Day is only three months away. We, we, could, we could totally do this. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, we got it. We got it published. Um, That's awesome. And uh, yeah, it's just it's it's been surprising. It was definitely a passion project, quite literally. Yeah. Um, it was just kind of something that was fun and it's sort of taken off. We've sold almost a thousand copies at this point with wow. like, almost no publicity. It was just, um, I really feel like there's a need for people who want to have this conversation. And I got to say the conversations that this book starts are just, they're my favorite conversation. <laughs> like you can go from total stranger on, uh, like an Uber driver 
Um, <laughs> like <laughs> some very deep, intimate issues that you're like, I'm from a stranger. But it's just, it's a lot of fun because I think everybody would love to talk about sex. They yep. just have no idea how to start up that conversation. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's one of the biggest things that I've gotten from it is uh, a lot of folks, a lot of people really want to have that conversation. And, and, and yeah. there, there's a level of uh, friendship and, and intimacy and, uh, not intimacy, intimacy, friendship, uh, in, in having conversations like that, that, that these are things that they don't share with anybody, right? There's, there's, a, there's a kind of a, a public um, stigma. stigma around it. So, so these aren't conversations that are started easily. Uh, and so I've really found that having having the conversations, like it starts awkwardly at first most of the time, right? Like there's this Lots like, of giggles. Yeah, giggles. Like, uh, I don't usually giggle much, but uh, maybe after a conversation, <laughs> more giggling. But, but it's, there's just like a, an awkwardness at first, but once you really get into it and people realize like, oh, this is a safe conversation, this is a safe conversation to have, a safe place to have this conversation. Uh, it's, it's incredible the things that, that you hear and, and that you share and um, the, what you can build with people in a short amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. So before we dive into the rules and the menu, all that stuff, um, why did you write a his and her version? It's just, it's the same book. You just flip it over, right? Yeah. I kind think- of. Well, it's it's not really the same book. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, I mean like it's it's in the same physical yeah. book. You just oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> and then you literally flip it over. Yeah. Sorry, you were speaking very literally. Very literally. <laughs> it is the same book. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think that it's, uh, so we realized early on that, that the conversations that she was having with her girlfriends around like, you have sex every day? And the conversations that, that, that I have with, with guys is, is a little bit different, right? And, yeah. and we found that in general, uh, the conversation around the book, uh, guys are usually like, sex every day? Like, how do I sign up for that? Like, I want to like, that sounds good. Let's try it out. And women are a little bit more guarded. And, and it may be different depending on the roles in your relationship sure. and, and uh, the, the relationship that you have. Sex, so we, that was our hypothesis when we wrote the book. So our hypothesis was guys didn't need to be convinced. They just needed to be taught how to get their partner on board. So the his version is definitely like, how do you woo your woman? Like talking about the five love languages, how do you create an ambiance for romance? If she's had the kids all day, like sending her into the bathroom for a bubble bath while you put the kids to bed, like absolutely critical things for just setting the mood and and making sure that this is going to work. And then the woman's side was more tackling what we viewed as like the psychological resistance to this idea. Both of them have all three rules listed but just kind of a different perspective after working with, with couples for like a year now, what we've realized is it's not so much a him and her. Mm. And there are homosexual couples that are using our book as well. It's more uh, whenever there's a mismatch in libido. So whoever's libido is <clears throat> waning should read the her side and whoever's libido is higher should read the him side. Wow. Um, just in terms of making sure that you guys are both getting your needs met. Yep. Mm-hmm. Powerful. Powerful. I love it. So let's dive into what you cover in there, the rules, the the menu, like, or if there's an overall framework you want to start with that's higher than that, let us know. No, I think the rules are a good place to start. Yeah. So okay. um, the, the very first rule, and it's something that Caitlin and I, I actually, when we got married, Caitlin thought it was a little bit weird, but I, I convinced her to do it. Yeah. <laughs> rule number one is sleep naked. Uh, and uh, just kind of the... I think the intimacy that you have when, when you're laying naked next to your partner, right? I mean, it, it's it's uh, it's kind of a, a natural uh, uh, progression. As I like to say, this saves whole minutes. <laughs> 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 yeah, 
aphrodisiac, right? <laughs> for exhausted entrepreneurs with four kids, like it, it saves a lot of time when you're already making You're like so. halfway there. Like, Efficiency, like, yes. <laughs> that's awesome. That's that's so that's so cool though. Um, it's really simple. I love how simple it is. Um, what easy. resistance do you feel people may have uh, to doing it? Yeah, and, and so it's an easy first step for most folks, but but we do find that, that there's a resistance, whether it's uh, people not being comfortable in their own body, right? To, yeah. to your point earlier, like uh, reconnecting with yourself and making sure that, that you're in a place where this is you know, that, that this is possible and it's going to yeah. be pleasurable for you. Uh, and I'll, I'll let you talk because I know you've had some of those conversations. Yeah, right? so and we have really... a whole part of the appendix talking about body shame for women because I think it's huge where you don't want to you don't want your partner to see you're naked because you don't like to see yourself in the mirror naked. Uh, and so really talking about how can you fall in love with your own reflection mm. uh, and see yourself as a sexy woman, not when you lose 10 pounds or when you buy a better looking dress. Like, no, right now, as you are, you are gorgeous and really own that. Um, and embracing the fact that men tend to be visually stimulated. Mm. So just the act of seeing you is going to be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and so really owning that elements is I think really really important to kind of overcome your own internal resistance around the idea of nudity um also for a lot of moms because that's kind of our demographic uh just the idea that kids could come in the door is like ah so we would say like hang a bathroom by your bed our kids are still young so we just sort of have a naked family not the older one obviously but (laughs) the three little little, like um, it's just our our whole family walks around naked and we're okay with that. At some point, <laughs> probably have to negotiate what that looks like. But yeah. um, for our family, it's just this is normal, and that's actually one of the things mm-hmm. that I really want to get across to women who have daughters: is your daughter is watching mm-hmm. how you relate to your own body and your own sexuality. Mm-hmm. So telling her she's beautiful and telling yourself you're ugly. Telling her she's empowered and telling yourself you can't do this. Like she's gonna see that. She's gonna live out what's really going on instead of the what you're saying to her with your lips. And so I wanted my my daughter and now my sons to see a real woman who's given birth, has stretch marks, is 34, like like I don't always work out. Like I'm just a real human body. And I want them to associate that with beauty, right? Mm. Because they're gonna be bombarded for the rest of their life with photoshopped images of perfect size zero models and I want her to remember like no I've seen my mom like Mm -hmm. my mom is gorgeous uh I'm gorgeous I don't have to change anything about myself so that's I think really important to get across that like nudity I don't want them to associate nudity with shame like Mm -hmm. I, I want this to be like a shameless experience of growing into your own body and your own sexuality um so yeah, if we can change that dynamic for the next generation, awesome. Like yeah. that's we've been a, we've had a win. Yeah. That's awesome. And mm-hmm. I I'm for me it's like the taboo nature. I know that there's like a part in the brain that people get excited, like the excitement part of the brain, as well as like if they're doing something they shouldn't, that, that same part gets lit up, right? It's like really, really close um, to each other. So I know a lot of like men, particularly um, when masturbating, it feels like, oh, you know, this is like, it's exhilarating because maybe I shouldn't be doing this kind of thing. And it's like, it's, it's kind of taboo. It's secret. Like nobody knows kind of thing. Um, and then I think just naked bodies in mm-hmm. general kind of triggers that same uh, experience 
So a lot of you know families don't have that that freedom of hey this is a body it's beautiful just because it's naked doesn't mean it's sexual and I think a lot of um, people have mixed the two together that nakedness equals sexuality and so I love that that what you're talking about is really getting human beings back to what it means to be a human being and getting beauty back to what it means to be beauty not just physically sexy good looks equals beauty but rather a human being in all of their splendor, kind of good, bad, ugly, so to speak, is beautiful. Uh, I'm curious, with this movement, when you saw it reaching more of a global uh, impact and, and scale, like, what do you think that would do for humanity? If I could get rid of one thing on the planet, it would be shame. Like, I really do feel like that is the trigger for so much fear and anger, anger and hatred. Like, we're, we're in this this spin this tailspin of self-recrimination um so yeah i think i mean anytime you walk into an art museum like you're gonna see naked people like the the classical whole movement like was appreciating the human body and all of its splendor i love that word um and at some point kind of i love i love my christianity but protestantism sort of took us a little sideways in my opinion on on really embracing the beauty of God's creation and um, and yeah so there's just especially uh, here in, in like United States we have some sort of Victorian holdover eras about what can and cannot be seen and um, yeah I, I don't I, I would love to kind of shift away from that the whole thing if we could get this book into every married couple's hands I was like dang we have just solved like road rage divorce. <laughs> Like we, <laughs> if we could just get more people on board with prioritizing pleasure and their own self value and appreciating their partner, like yeah, there would be so many delightful side effects. Getting <laughs> this book into more people. Yeah, and one of the things you mentioned was was kind of shame, right? And and around um, the fact that almost all shame is is self inflicted, right? It's, yeah. There, there is there's a there's a perception that that it's that it's not that it can be community based or uh, but but it, but it really is kind of your your own judgment of yourself yes. uh, and and so yeah in a lot of ways this this book helps helps address that mm-hmm. Absolutely. gold so that's rule number one sleep naked what's rule number two Many. yeah the uh, rule number two is eat from the men is that the so- second rule. Yeah, the third one you got to save for that. The second rule is eat eat from the menu daily. (laughs) Yeah, so eat and give something from the menu daily. Mm. So this is where we got into the idea of appetizers, side dishes, entrees, and desserts. And you can have a four-course meal or you can choose choose one item. Um, But we kind of already touched on that. It's like, well, what would you like from the menu? What's on the menu? And just having that kind of give and take. And, and, you know, and what we what we found and, and what we kind of hear from, from people that we talk to is that there's there's the usual too, right? Like, like you know, as you as you go through this, you're doing this literally every single day. There's uh, there, there's things that you enjoy more, that are more comfortable, that are maybe more timely if you have a time uh, restriction, that kind of thing. So, uh, so so there's a lot of different ways that you can that you can order, whether it's whether it's the usual or whether it's uh, you guys have an actual menu that you pull out and pick from every night. Uh, you know, it's done a lot of different ways. And you can go on the website and download our sample menu to just mm. print out and see and have. But we do encourage people to make their own and just have fun Googling it. Incognito browser. Maybe in an incognito browser. Your retargeting will be messed up for life. 
So just having like having that conversation about, hey, what yeah. do you like? What do you not like? Um, yeah. I would like to try this. What do you think about that? And so. And one of the things we talk about too is is when when you're especially when you're doing things like the formation of the menu and, and you're you're finding things that you like or don't like is really to to not focus on negative, right? Like mm-hmm. like the second that your partner sees you go like Ugh, like <laughs> like it shuts down any conversations in yeah. that direction ever again, probably, right? Mm-hmm. So there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of just kind of energetically staying staying open to possibilities and. Yeah. and open to the moment and what happens and, and pleasure how, however however it shows itself so um, i hear i hear like hey we give ourselves permission like literally saying these words we give ourselves permission to to throw out ideas to share share what comes up for us maybe great may not be great but let's like oh, at least entertain the possibility and be willing to have a, a dialogue a conscious dialogue about like being able to share perspectives of hey you know I've thought about this. Like, what are your thoughts about it? And like, if someone reacts like, like a knee jerk reaction, say, okay, okay, I get that was, was kind of intense for you. Um, so, you know, maybe at some point in the future we can revisit it, but you know, it's, yeah. it's been interesting for me. So we'll put it on the side for now. It's totally cool that you're, you're totally a no right now. All good. You know, and just like keep moving through the process of discovery instead of saying, well, shit, I'm, I'm done, man. Like, get out of here. Like, if you're going to shut me down like that, just expressing my curiosity and interest, bye. You know, like, that's that's not what we want. <laughs> yeah, and, and we do reference, there's um a quiz online. I have to go look it up. But it gives you how you're wired, like, what your sexual type is. Okay. And there's, like, the sensual person who likes the roses and the candles and the, the massages. Um, I tend to be more on the kinky side, right? So I really love fantasy and uh, not always like actively playing it out, but like thinking, pretending I'm playing it out. Um, so so it's just like giving yourself permission, like, yeah. oh no, like this is what turns me on. Like I mm. am activated by wow. like kind of the taboo things where yeah. Michael is much more of the sensualist. And if I put out candles and buy him some roses, like... So it's just knowing how your partner is wired so that you can give them what they need and are looking for without coming to it from a place of judgment. So that's also really helpful to just recognize that each of you, like like a love language, each of you is going to feel sexy in, in response to different stimulus. Yeah, I think I think relating it to the love languages, right? Because we do mention that in the book. and. Uh, really encourage, I mean, open communication and, and yeah. uh, communication that, that you know is going to be received well and understood uh, is critical in, in all of these conversations. I, I would say it needs to be like at the base of your marriage or your relationship, mm-hmm. but, uh, but, but especially when you're, when you're talking about things that are, uh, so that, that are so personal and, and have a stigma attached to them. Yeah. Yeah. With the menu, um, I'm curious, is there any like, do you recommend, you said you can download a sample of it on your website. Um, is there, do you, do you guys like physically print out something and you can look at it or is it at this point, it's probably, you probably know what your menu is. Um, like, do you, do you re re look at your menu for you two, since you've been doing this for a while now, I'm curious how, how does the menu evolve and like, what does it look like in reality to, to use it? I would say every every once in a while we'll we'll take it out and look at it, but um, yeah, it's mostly in our heads. Yeah, now. it's mostly in our heads, though. Yeah, I would say uh, you know it's uh, it's it, it's something that we that we created from from what we do in our lives. So yep. it, so it kind of uh, was a very natural, organic thing that we came up with. So. Yeah, Michael was not so big on the talking about the sex, so 
<laughs> I sort of came up with it as a metaphor to just yes. make it feel less awkward. Like, let's talk about this in euphemistic uh, phrasing. So it just started as like a kind of a joke, pretty much, um, and just going back and forth and talking. We didn't actually come up with a printable until one of my girlfriends got married, and I was like, we should make her a menu. <laughs> so that was the very first printed menu. So she got that as, as part of her uh, bachelorette party. And then um, now it's just, it's it's kind of a something that other we'd love to give to other people, but most yeah. of ours is in our head. And we have, we've done a pretty great job of just being intentionally open yeah. um, and saying, hey, what would you like? Occasionally just stopping by sex shops and like just perusing and going like, they make what? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to try that? No? Okay, fine with me. Uh, sort of, uh, just being willing That's to good. like explore that and, and you and your partner may both agree like no we do not want arm sized dildos in our house like that's totally fine we're cool um so you just <laughs> never know what you're gonna find in those shops but just allowing yourself to just be interested and yeah and see where you want to go next and even future. even beyond the creation of the menu right i mean Caitlin and i uh, wrote the book a while ago, and, and and it's just a continuation of maintaining that open and mm -hmm. openness and yeah. uh, being, having continuing the conversation. Yeah, yeah. I I really love the idea of the sex shop because I think you know just going there and like there's so many such a variety of things that could come like that could catch our visual field that we would comment on and just create an open dialogue, you know, and just like hey, there's probably going to be some funky stuff in here and it's gonna it's gonna cause certain comments certain ways of thinking reacting experiencing life sex to come up and how do we do that together how do we have that dialogue together while still you know being intimate having fun not being attached and enjoying the experience i've never gone to a sex shop with petia but i'm putting it on the list as like hey like <laughs> just like, be playful about it yeah yeah that's, just that's, like what did, what an adventure you know yeah. <laughs> First time we did it, I pulled up to it kind of as a surprise on a date night. And Caitlin had no idea where we were going, so I pull up outside this thing. She's there was like there was a moment. Why is there nothing in the windows, honey? <laughs> it, was, it was very entertaining. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I love and so like just committing, like we're gonna buy something. I don't know what it's gonna be. It might just be a warm lubricant or a movie yeah. or sure, a sure. We're just like sure, let's try something. Now, admittedly, yeah. like. If you haven't been married for 11 and a half years, maybe you don't need novelty. Maybe it's fine. But like at some point, it might be fine. But, I think novelty is always good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think the earlier in the relationship that you can you can just put that kind of a cornerstone of safety and, and willingness to go explore and adventure together, to experience what's possible together and you know, choose from the menu together um, of what, what you want to put on the menu, things like that. I think it's it's so powerful for building that that trust and that rapport and the depth of the relationship. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, good stuff man so we talked about the three rules um talked about the wait wait two two uh so eat from the menu daily what's what's the third one Drum roll! the third one is uh she comes first literally, literally. literally. <laughs> so you don't have to eat entrees right entrees yeah. that thing that actually gets you to the climax but if you do uh the person with the vagina gets to come first so right. uh, it's just there's there's so many reasons we watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's important, like um, physiologically, because okay. women's bodies take longer to warm up. 
Yeah. Right. Uh, so you, which is why a lot of the other items from the menu, right, like things like texting throughout the day mm -hmm. and things like words of affirmation are, are so important mm -hmm. to keep the pilot light lit <laughs> throughout the day. So it's not like uh, when, when you come together in, in the bed, it's, you know, it's like, oh, we got to do it now because here we are. It's, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. it's a continuation of the conversation throughout the day. Yeah. Yeah. So so just giving her time to warm up mm -hmm. through appetizers, through side dishes, through prep work like I, I think I say in the guy's side like five times like let your wife go have a bubble bath and then before because like if you can't get sexy when you're like scrubbing jam off your hands and like it's just it's no good like you need transition time to stop thinking of yourself as a mom yeah. or an employee or a boss yeah. and shift into thinking about yourself as a sexy woman lover um so so having some mental transition time is valuable and then the physical transition time of like literally getting her whole physiology warmed up yeah uh, which i enjoy the whole process of. Mm. <laughs> and i will say from an efficiency standpoint like just like because there, there are times i'm like oh it's so fine let's just get you there but like it doesn't take him significantly longer <laughs> right. than if like by himself than right. like when we're doing it together because there's that he's getting warmed up sure. as I'm sure. getting warmed up. So there's sure. just I like efficiency. It's efficiency. I love it. I love yeah. it. Plus <laughs> plus what I what I love what you said is like um you know what what is on the menu? What are the appetizers? And just because you you eat an appetizer doesn't mean it's gonna take three hours, you know? Like an appetizer could be like a couple minutes and then at that point you're both revved up and ready to go. So it doesn't need to take a super long time. It's just being intentional about, hey, how do we wanna how do how do we want this experience to be like and yeah. have both of us be aroused, both of us having fun, both of us feeling, you know, turned on so that mm -hmm. we can like complete and finish and come together. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And one question that I've had from a lot of guys kind of went so when they hear, you know, the, the she comes first, there's a there's like a moment of like, how do you make sure that happens? <laughs> like, like you must have to just like like how did Leo you know, like how do you how do you how do you do that? Like yeah. and, and, and it really is uh, comes down to prioritization, right? I mean mm -hmm. I mean um, being able to uh, make sure that, that you're you're taking her needs and her um, physiology and, and her you know, just, uh, her desires and her passion into consideration when you're there because uh, you know sometimes sometimes men can be single-minded in our <laughs> in what we're mission we're trying to accomplish and yeah. uh, so I think it really forces forces you to to step back and, and really uh, just take that time to to make sure that you are there for your partner yeah. uh, as well and and uh, be there. In a collaborative effort, right? And I do love how that rule is like not just literal and physiological, but also figurative and metaphorical. Like mm. putting your partner first, um, especially. I just I feel like as as women, we tend to put everybody else in our life first, mm. and so making sure that your husband or your partner is putting you first and treating mm. you. I loved when you said the word queen, like treating you as the queen that you deserve to be. Yep. Um, that really makes every other part of life and running a household together work so much more effectively. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's really important to, to yeah, to Probably make that happen. Right. And I was just gonna say on a physiological thought, like, well, how do I make that happen? Um, we discovered in our research for the book, um, like I'm a, I'm a clitoral girl, like intercourse isn't my thing. And I figured out like 66 other, 60% of the population 
of women don't come through intercourse. That's mm. not how we orgasm. Wow. Some women, those lucky, lucky women, like they do. And so it's great. But for, for like more than like two thirds of the population, right. like that's just not going to be how they get there. Mm. And so thinking of, well, can I use my hand? Can I use my mouth? Can I use a toy? Like, what mm. can I be doing to, to kind of make sure that she gets there and then order whatever you want from the menu? I think it's really mm. critical to just honor uh, the fact that it's not, it's not going to look like intercourse for mm. her every time. Potentially. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. 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 Wow. That's great. Great stuff. Um, I wanted to ask something about, uh, especially for men who feel like it's extra like work, like uh, just one more thing to work towards to add on to like the plate or even both. I would say both, but specifically for men, it's like, oh, and I got to do another thing to perform and uh, make her happy in our relationship. I'm I'm curious what you guys have seen around that. <laughs> yeah. so so i think i've seen it from the women's perspective but i guess you're right like from a guy's perspective that desire to perform for us it's just like oh i need to put one more thing on my plate so i think that this is a universal thing right? i've heard from a lot of guys like that sounds exhausting right yeah exactly <laughs> exactly just another thing like, you yeah. Gotta do. Yeah. yeah and so uh i guess the advice that i have given to the women is like hey you're telling me you want all of these other wonderful things you want your husband to be attentive you want him to help out around the house you want him to be engaged with your kids lives like you want all of these like emotional connection points yep. but men not always but a majority of men their number one love language is physical touch mm. and when they married you you expected them to not get that physical touch anywhere else so mm. heads up it's kind of on you like you you gotta own that lady um that like your husband like if you want his love cup to be filled and we can't pour out of an empty cup right if you're not feeling loved you can't ask for it before you give it and i think this yeah. is just rule number one in all marriage therapy is like if you're not feeling loved you need to amp up your gestures yeah. of love yeah. you yeah. need to give it if you expect to receive it yeah i think that's a that's a big piece of it right is that from guys, from some guys as well, I've gotten the comment like, uh, "Well, you know, like I'm on board, but my wife isn't. How do I get her on board?" And mm. and one of the things that we we strongly believe in is just radical responsibility, taking personal radical responsibility, mm. right? Uh, not not assigning blame or saying that it's my fault or it's her fault or anything like that, but but just looking at like it it literally only takes one person in a relationship to completely change the relationship. If you sh if you change how you show up. She has to change how she interacts with you and reacts to you. Yeah. Uh, so, so it's it's really looking at it from a point of what can I do if if this is what I want and this is really what I want the, the intimacy and, and the pleasure and and these are the things that I want in my life and in my relationship. What do I? How do I need to show up so that this is the natural outcome from it, as mm -hmm. opposed to looking at it from how do I get this thing that I want? Uh, or uh, you know, it, it really it really brings it into focus in, in context of the relationship. Well, I was, I was going to say, like, for a guy who's like, dang, I already, I'm already provided, like, maybe they're the primary breadwinner, they get home, they're exhausted every night, right? It just, like, I would rather go to the gym than do this, whatever it is. Um, I think it's, it's, again, it's tying it back to, like, thinking about your life from a long-term perspective. So uh, you said, hey, I think earlier question, you had asked us, 
have you guys always been into personal development? And I, I was going to answer yes. Because, like I've, I always felt like I've had an old soul. I'm always like really curious. What does wisdom look like? What does it mean to live well? Uh, what, what are the people who are 80 years old and happy and healthy and wealthy and in love with their partner? What are they doing? Right. And so for guys, I think getting your head out of the day to day and looking at the long game, like when your kids are out of the house, when you're retired, when you're like, do you still want to be with this woman? Do you want to have a relationship? Do you want to, do you want to be respected? Do you want to be appreciated? Do you want to be like, what do you really, really, really want? Not, it's like the person who says they want like a gorgeous ripped body, but they're not willing to give up soda and they refuse to go to the gym. Like you, you have to get clear on like, no, this is what I want. And I'm committed to this. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people, when you, well, like, why are you working? Okay, so I can make money. Well, why are you making money? So I can provide for my family. Why are you providing for your family? Well, because I love my family and that's sort of my responsibility. Like, like get down to your deepest why and you're going to find that prioritizing your woman and making her feel adored and, and making sure that pleasure is a key component of your relationship is going to give you the end like so much more effectively than most of the means that you're already spending time doing in your life. So if you really don't think you can spare another 15 minutes a day, you need to do some serious reprioritization of your entire life uh, to make time for this. Wow. Wow. Preach. 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 This is gold. This is gold. Uh, I can I can speak firsthand from, you know, whenever I make Petia feel like a goddess, like a queen, like just absolutely amazing, feel that pleasure like she gives it back like fivefold, tenfold, like, you know, just like overflowing because that's what fills her up, you know? And it's like when we say, hey, how can I have my partner be filled up to go crush their day, to go have fun, to go be successful, to go make money, to go dance, to go play, to go sing, to go be free, whatever that is, like that always comes back. And, oh. and, and if it doesn't, then, you know, like we keep doing it. We have tough conversations, communicate. And if it's like not ever, like if it doesn't work, then hey, like we can't can't force someone to want to reciprocate and want to be the partner that we, we, we like need, we require in our lives to be fulfilled, you know? But I think most couples just really get to say, hey, I'm going to give 100%. And whether this person like gives, actively gives 100% and I see them and I experience them giving 100%, I'm going to start. I'm going to be radically responsible, like you said, Michael, and just like show up and do my best and trust that everything will work out from there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So good. So good. So I want to start start wrapping it up. Um, final takeaways. What do you want our audience to really get from this interview, get from this conversation and implement into their life? Of course, sex every day. <laughs> and, and, and I think I think our, our, our book title could even be even be a misnomer. I, I feel like some like it, it is polarizing, which is why that's what we named it. I but it. I uh, it. but but like the, the fact that it's it's not it's it's not necessarily what you think of as sex every single day, right? It's intimacy, it's pleasure. Uh, we we thought about orgasm every day, but it's just kind of yeah, opening opening <laughs> opening up that conversation and really um, and and really being open to. Uh, it's going to look different for every couple, and, yeah. and um, the it's the intimacy that's the goal, and mm -hmm. and the, the deeper relationship that you get from being intimate with your partner. Mm -hmm. I was going to say prioritizing pleasure, like really, is our core message. Like mm -hmm. prioritizing pleasure is um, it's a symptom mm -hmm. of all the right pieces 
right? If, if you're a workaholic, if you're depressed, if there's other things and you're not experiencing pleasure, like it's, it's, it's an indicator when something is off, yep. if you're not prioritizing pleasure in your life. And conversely, it can also be the remedy. Uh, mm. You can sometimes fix those problems by prioritizing pleasure. So just making sure that you're doing the inner work. And we do spend a lot of time in the book talking about the inner game. Uh, mindset, why, mindset is everything. Yeah, why are you not prioritizing the pleasure and have that deeper self-worth conversation uh, is going to be really critical. But then recognizing that this is this is just one place that it's going to start. But we hope that it spreads like wildfire into every area of your life and recognizing that you're not just worth having pleasure every day. You're worth getting paid better at your job. You're worth having a lifestyle of freedom. You're worth having a household that runs smoothly and, and peacefully, right? Um, you're worth having friends who respect you and uh, like are, are there for you. So it's just, it's stepping up this, this the whole area of your life. But I think pleasure tends to get overlooked as how critical it is to how we're wired as human beings. Yeah. Um, what, a, what a cherry on top, Caitlin, that was beautiful. And let's talk about um, how people can stay connected with you, how they can get the book. I know you're working with couples. Tell us a little bit more about what their next steps could be. Yeah, the easiest place to start is sexeverydaybook.com. Uh, so you can order the book through there. There actually is a coupon code that our publisher occasionally offers. I think it's good till tomorrow, um, but it does that occasionally. And then we have Facebook groups. So the, the website, once you do order your copy, you can download a whole bunch of resources. We have the menu that we mentioned. We have meditations that were created by a sex therapist for us uh, to kind of get you guys in the mood. Uh, we have... Um, the contract. So if you want to just try this out for two weeks, it says I'm committing to these three rules for a two week period. Wow. Um, so just everything that we could think of that would help you sort of try this out and see if you want to shift your lifestyle. Um, it's all there for you to download. And then we have Facebook group communities. So sex every day for women and sex every day for men. And uh, we're, we're actively in those answering questions. You can Facebook message us. Um, and just let us know how we can best support you on your journey. I love it. So sexeverydaybook.com, sex every day for men, sex every day for women. They can get the um, downloads and awesome stuff on the website when they purchase a copy of the book. And uh, just, this is rad. I love it. I love what you two are, are up to, what you're creating. You're creating success in business and in sales teams and organizations to thrive. You're also creating success in relationships and in intimacy and in pleasure. And uh, I just love love what you two are creating and this life of, of freedom. And I know travel and adventure is a big part for you too. So I'm just I'm stoked to see all your all your dreams come true as you really impact people in such a profound way. So thank you. Thank you for what you do. Awesome. You two have a great rest of your day, and we'll see you soon, okay? Sounds good. Thanks, Chris. Bye, guys. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning in. Right now, we've reached the end of this episode, but this is the start of a whole new beginning. Each and every moment, you have an opportunity to rewrite your story. Right here, right now, decide and commit who you are going to be. Think about how you will use these ideas, wisdom, and inspiration to make the difference in your life. What actions will you take today and every day 
to step into your greatest possible self. Again, a big shout out to our sponsor, EmployeeEscapePlan.com. If you're committed to learning how to truly harness your abilities and passions to serve the people who are hungry and desperate for what you have to offer, make a great income off of your genius, or if you're ready to get more clients to pay you more money, head over to www.EmployeeEscapePlan.com and let Joe know you were sent by Chris. Did you enjoy this episode? Let your friends know about it. Share the website, beyourgps.com, and send me some love on social media. If you want to clarify your vision, uncover blind spots, get more energy, tap into your flow, and take massive action, head over to beyourgps.com forward slash coaching to schedule some time into my calendar. Now, master yourself, create your reality, and make every day your best day ever.